Let's put our hand in our heart. Pray in. And I was prompted to read the prayer for partnering up. I am that I am. I am my I am presence. I am one with the one. And for this, I am truly grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I ask my higher Holy Spirit self to lead me and guide me to be in a flow of love in all moments of this day and in every area of my life. I intend to be easily guided and led to choose the highest and best in each moment. I allow myself to receive the blessings that are mine to receive. I allow myself to recognize the most loving choices this day and every day. Higher Holy Spirit Self, please make the loving choices so attractive to me that I cannot mistake them. Help me to choose love and to live life as a joyful and abundant prayer of the heart. Help me to recognize my life is the, the eternal life of God. I am dedicated to being a loving and beneficial presence on this planet. I choose to be truly helpful. I share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone because I am one with them. I'm awakening to know my true identity and the true identity of all my brothers and sisters. We are one in love eternally. And for this and all the blessings I receive each day, I'm so very grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I know that this is done. I allow myself to accept that it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you. I love saying that prayer, actually. <laughs> I always feel it so deeply. So, thank you again, everybody, uh, for coming to you here and sharing the healing <laughs> that we are about to receive. And so, please, again, I'll say it. Um, to mute yourself, anybody new on the call, to mute yourself if you um, you know have any background noise or when you're not speaking or something, just to help us out with keeping the call clean because I, I don't have the, the controls. So um, welcome, everybody. Again, my name is Carla, and you're so welcome to share, share in the healing and from the heart. So... Anybody interested in sharing? Well, I'll go ahead and start. I um I trying to listen to the nudges of 
spirit or angels, um, whichever way you want to look at it. And uh, last evening, I felt the nudge to call a girlfriend of mine. And um, so there's some noise going on here. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I um, and her, her mother transitioned at the end of May. So I, I, I knew about that. And we talked on the phone only once, but it's been a difficult time to get back in touch with her because her father also is not doing well and she's really busy. But anyway, I called and um, left a message and um, she called me back and we had a, a lovely, lovely phone conversation. It felt like it was so meant to be. Um, and, and there's a very strong part of this that has to do with angels, which is why I would like to share it here. One, because I followed guidance and a nudge to do something and and um it just turned out to be such a mutual blessing so i'll not share the whole thing but um she, she was really kind of hesitant to share these things with me she wasn't sure if i'd be um dismissive of her experience which some people have been but because she kind of put it out in little pieces to see you know, how I'd respond. <laughs> um, and she found out I was safe. So she told me the whole thing. Um, but uh, she went out to lunch with a friend of hers in Colorado, a girlfriend after her mother had passed away. And I guess it was, it's strangely, there's a nice cafe at their hospice in town. And, and, and apparently they have little, um, some kind of tiles that are like in memory of people. And her friend said she was going to go and that she just had kind of a ritual of going and putting a little dime on, on the tiles of the people that, um, you know, were somebody that she had known. And my friend just noticed that ritual that she had. And then, and then uh, my friend made a trip to where her parents live. And, and before going to see her father, she went to her mother's grave and she decided to make a little heart with stones on the top of the grave. And then, and then she decided to put a dime like her friend had done that ritual and um and she spent a couple hours there with her mom at the grave site okay so and i'm not going to go into all the details but she told me of numerous instances after that where dimes showed up in the oddest places and one time she went into a room and the dime was on a tray and she left the room, nobody else went in there. She went back and it had moved to a different piece of furniture. And um, she said that the first time it happened, she's like, mom, is that you? Well, if that's you, that's, thank you. That helps me a lot, you know. And, um, but, but they were showing up at, at the timing of the dimes showing up was also very significant. For example, um, well, first of all, me calling her. I didn't know, but this is the week of her mother's birthday. And so it's a hard week for her. It's the first, you know, she died in May. So, so it was very meaningful to her that I had called. And another woman who was a good friend of her mother's from childhood had also called her tonight, and uh, that night, just before me. So... Um, so that was one thing, but she told me that this week she'd found one of her mother's letters that she had tucked in a suitcase. She knew she had it, but she just refound it this week and read it. And, and it was right after reading that letter and feeling very tearful and missing her mom a lot that she found one of the dimes in a, 
you know, unusual place. And, um, and even her husband, who's a wonderful, a wonderful husband, uh, was, was kind of um, poo-pooing her, her theories about these times. But they were, they were, she's a teacher at a high school or a school. Uh, they were both helping with a kid's dance, you know, collecting the $5 for the dance. And, and her husband was there helping her. And, and kids were giving mostly bills, but sometimes packs of quarters. Anyway, at a big, long, white covered table. And all of a sudden, there was a dime at the end of the table. <laughs> Even her husband at that point went, oh, okay, I think. So, and my friend started um, Googling a little bit about angels uh, and, and read there that one of the ways that's common for people to experience angels communicating with them is leaving little objects like coins or rocks or stones or something. So um, I was able to tell her about Lorna's book. And she's excited to, to read it. Um, she's, she's already a, um, she's a Christian. That's her, that's her background. But she's kind of getting more and more open-minded. And um, But it was just, um, it was lovely. There, there's more to it. I just don't want to go on and on. But it was lovely because, um, I mean, when I called her and the timing of when I got the nudge to call her was the week of her mother's birthday. And then she was telling me her experience this one and there, there's a couple other parts that it just so speaks to the spirit world encouraging us and supporting us um and, and she's in a really tough spot because her dad is still not doing it. he's he's got dementia and it, it, it's it's a very difficult situation so she, she needs the encouragement and um this is so beautiful she got to tell me about her mother more beautiful things about her mother and her mother's life and and some of those things that she shared with me made helped make sense of some aspects of my relationship with my friend that had been difficult for me to understand before that are things that are a little bit where there's like uh you know where we're there's little rifts right not not anger rifts but anyway uh i i just gained understanding i was like oh well gosh, now that makes a whole lot more sense why that's maybe a painful place for her that ends up sometimes impacting our relationship. So I, I just felt like the whole thing was such a gift and um, such an example of, that's one of those times where I felt like I followed the guidance and, and it was such a, such a blessing. Deepening love between her and I and um, her ability to maybe except that the the dimes really were either from her mother or angels and yeah anyway i hope that's encouraging to people the whole thing it's beautiful yes thank you tracy i love that story it's mm -hmm. so warms my heart yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am, Tracy, I loved hearing that story because it reminded me of, um, gosh, so over 30 years ago, and my dad had passed away. I was, I was about 30 at the time, and I was having lunch with a friend of mine who knew my dad as well, and we were sitting in this restaurant overlooking a, a harbor, and my dad was a great sailor and loved being by the water. And 
we were talking about my dad and his passing. I think it, maybe it was just a month out. And um, I looked down, or I went up to the salad bar or whatever, and I looked down and I saw this pipe. And my dad always smoked a pipe. And it was just sitting on the floor kind of by the salad bar near our table. And I looked at it and I went, Gosh, I said to my friend Maria, look, and my friend looked at the pipe and she said, God, that's your dad. And we just both stood there with this like wonder and awe. And it was just so comforting and beautiful. And it helped me because my friend believed. And I hadn't thought of that story in the longest time. And it was such a I mean, I, I know for sure that was my dad. We kind of looked around and my friend went to a couple of tables and said, did you lose your pipe? <laughs> it looked just like you're crazy. And so when I heard you, Tracy, telling that story, it just, you know, brought that memory back and just this warm feeling inside. Think, oh, that's right. There you are, dad. And, and, and there you always are, you know? And I just feel like when we can accept that magic in, and open up to it, it is all around us, you know. So um, thanks for sharing your story, Tracy, because it prompted a memory of my story. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I think that's part of why I wanted to share it too, just if we open up, right? I mean, I had some beautiful experiences around my father's passing and I was, I was really wanting that for my friend, something. And you know, you never know, I, but I was just hoping that she would have some wonderful experiences too. And I think, I think like even what she did that she decided to use that little ritual from her friend and put the dime that she did that made it possible then for a dime to be used in that way. Right. I mean, it, because she she'd already identified it as a piece. And, and I guess I share that so people know, to maybe do some things like that, that open up the possibility of, of this uh, kind of playful, encouraging communication with angels or deceased loved ones or whoever it is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that, Tracy, yeah. Does anybody else have any response or anything else coming up? Does anybody have any anything else, any other thread they want to offer? This is your time.
Does anybody have any ahas from any of the classes that they've listened to lately? You might want to share. Wow, I guess everybody's life is really humming along beautifully, huh? <laughs> I had this experience um, yesterday. I was um, a couple days ago, I guess. I, I had a couple friends whose homes have burned in the, in the fires up north. And uh, I was reading in the newspaper, I live in California, so out here there have been massive fires. And, and I was reading in the newspaper some stories, uh, quite sad stories. And it reminded me of an exercise that I had done in a, a class in a, a spiritual practitioner training I had been in. And the assignment was to read all these different newspaper articles and then write a prayer treatment for it. And usually there'd be something sad, something challenging going on. And so the most of us would write a prayer treatment, like praying that whatever was happening had been resolved, like somebody was getting healthier or getting money or whatever the issue was. And then we kept getting redirected to go deeper than that. And it was sort of challenging, but the, the idea was to, in the midst of it, not praying a prayer of, um, I don't remember what it's called, a prayer when you ask for something. But it wasn't that, it was to know a deeper truth in the midst of it. And so, for some reason, I was just compelled to read these stories, and I try not to read it. I mean, I, I read a certain part of the news, and then I try not to read too much of it these days. And um, so I was reading it, and I just felt, I've been trying to listen. I usually feel like I get this guidance from, sometimes it feels like from my mom who's passed on, or an angel, higher guidance seems to be on my shoulder. And oftentimes the guidance is just wait, dear. I mean, usually that's what it is, just wait. And I felt like when I was reading it, I wanted to um, put on this, I had a series of these mantras I listened to sometimes, and there's this one, be still and know that I am God. And it's very beautiful. And no matter what state I'm in, if I listen to that, it will lift my vibration. And um, so I started listening to it while I was reading these stories. And they were, some of them were people escaping and some of them were very sad stories about how they didn't get out or their loved one burned or, and um, I had this very beautiful, felt like a bit of a transcendent experience where I, 
was reading these sad stories, but I was listening to this mantra that kept saying, be still and know that I am God. And it was as if it was expanding my heart and allowing me to access a deeper truth, which is, yes, this, this very challenging, very difficult thing is happening on this human level. And if I'm still, or if we're all still, and center ourselves in that place, we can know that there is God, as we all are in the midst of that. And it was just a really interesting juxtaposition of reading the news and knowing a deeper, really feeling a deeper truth, really feeling it in my heart. It's that peace beyond all human understanding. And, um, and so I guess it happened because I was listening to my inner guidance and somehow it helped me learn or to continue to learn how to walk in this world with all that's going on and really see a deeper or experience a deeper truth. It sort of helped me see that phrase from Course in Miracles, I don't know what anything's for. Yeah, so I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, um, Vanessa. I'd like to know um, what, who the artist is that mu that music. If if uh, you won't mind sharing, um, Miranda McPherson is her name. She's a Jennifer. Actually, interviewed her on one of the Course in Miracles series. She has a book, Boundless Love. Okay, thank so you. If you. I think if you look, she has an audio archives, but she has a lot of quite beautiful meditations on there. I find them very nurturing and nourishing. Thank you. Yeah. So I had um, an interesting, so you, last week I asked Jennifer about um, what to do for restarting and, and like practices. And so I was busy implementing deep desire of my heart, um, having a little conversation with the ego, her little exercise, you know, when I say my aspiration, intention and goals, um, what comes back. And so, so I've been doing that and um, as very confronted um, I just think it, it's kind of ironic because my my ego is constantly saying, you don't do enough, you don't do enough, doesn't matter how many degrees or how much you made or whatever. And to top it off, I had surgery on my wrist, so I couldn't, I had my hand in a cast for 10 days, I could do even less. It was, it was like, we will make sure that you get that it's not about what you do. And I've been struggling with this I need do nothing, right? But then be, being in the world and what do you do? And so anyway, I was doing this exercise as the deep desire of the heart with my ego screaming a lot in the background. Well, you, there's a whole lot of nothing getting done here. You can dream all you want, you know, and, and, and your imagination button is broken and, you know, holy cow, you know? Uh, so, but I persisted and um, out of the blue, um, I got someone interested in um, talking to me for what I do. 
And so um, normally I'd be all concerned how to reply back and I'd normally do it by email, but I was like, no, you know, listening to the intuition, I'm like, I have 20 minutes before I have to pick up my daughter from school. I'll just give her a quick call, see if there's a time to set up and, or just talk to her then. And, and my intention being just to be truly helpful, which was really, really awesome because then there's no pressure, no stress, all that. And I ended up talking to her longer, picking up my daughter. I had my um, headphones on so I could drive. I, you know, one ear was open. I could drive and talk to her. And anyway, I said, okay, you know, I'm, I've now picked up my daughter. And if you want to talk more, we can talk about, I, could, I have a pr process I go through with people to see if it makes sense to work together. And she said, yeah, I would love to do that. So, um, so we said, we you know, she's going to um, schedule a time. I sent her my calendar link. But for me, it was just such a demonstration of I need do nothing. And um, really, it's more stepping into the trust of, um, you know, working that invisible and then um, the fruit coming later. And that the most important work being on, you know, that vibration and intention level and, so I just wanted to share that because that was really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to share that every learning, every opportunity is a learning opportunity. I've discovered. I actually, I wanted to mention that. Actually, I, I'm learning that I used to be real. I still have have some. I saw it in this call right here. Uh, uncomfortability with silence, <laughs> especially when facilitating. But I used to really. I saw it. I think I even may have said something in this call, like, I guess everybody's humming along. <laughs> and I'm really, and what I realized when you were speaking that how grateful I am to all of you for giving me this opportunity to, to notice how I feel in that, in that silence. Yeah. Thank you. So Carla, I just have to add on to that. So one of the things I noticed was um, uh, I've been seeing um, a lot of different, I don't know, critters, I would say, um, living things, insects, bugs, birds, whatever, unusual ones. And um, like two days ago, I think it was yesterday morning, I sat down to meditate and I looked um, outside this window and I have a, the, um, a screen because the sun comes in. So I saw the shadow of something and I went, well, that's an interesting looking insect. Um, I think I know what it is, but let me go outside and see what it is. And 
and it was in fact a praying mantis. And it's not something you see every day, you know, I mean, I don't see them that often. And, and so I've been looking up what the, um, what these different animals or things symbolize. And, and like I said, this was the last one I saw just yesterday. And it said the mantis symbolizes stillness, vision, and careful, deliberate action. Mantis tell us of the importance of silent deliberation when looking for answers because they're quiet, right? So I just thought that was pretty ironic. You're like getting comfortable with silence and what is this, you know, <laughs> symbol? <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, Kelly and Lou. If I see you just join the meeting, if you want to have anything to share. You're welcome. I need something to share. Um, I was actually just going to email Jennifer, but <laughs> I read the transcripts and re-listen to the class usually. I, it just seems to help me to read them. Mm -hmm. And initially, um, it was intimidating for me to think of speaking in the larger group because I had this sense of maybe I can't quite put into words what I'm feeling in my heart or can't explain it. And then the first couple of times I did it, I would see in the transcripts and I would think, wow, that doesn't sound very clear or it seemed to be meandering around in what I'm trying to say. And then I felt like, no, it's okay. It's, it's just fine. And then I was rereading the, um, let's see here, it was October 9th. And Jennifer had asked a question about, we were having a conversation in class about prefacing a question with, this might be a stupid question or a silly question or something like that, stupid question, I think. 
So I answered, and then when I was rereading the class, I think I was just trying to say, I think it was like you know, a, a protective thing, like a, I'll say it's a stupid question before someone thinks it. And there's a pretty common phrase, which is, I'll head it off at the pass. Mm -hmm. It just means I'll get there first. And so, and so I was rereading it. And I know that the interpreters are um, from a different country. I think that English might be there. I mean, the uh, transcript writers. Anyway, I was reading this paragraph. <laughs> I was kind of like, at first I was disturbed and I tried to sit with it and think, why am I disturbed? Because what the writer wrote down was that I had said, is talking about the critic that I know it's the critic in my own head. But then the interpreter wrote to the response to why does someone say, I know this is a stupid question, but, and their interpreter wrote by my name, I think it's, a, it's an odd and a sexual way to protect myself to hit it off with a pass. And I uh. thought, what? <laughs> and now maybe no one ever but me read that. But I thought, I guess just in the light of a lot of things coming up with the news, I don't know, that Harvey Weinstein, I don't know what it is, but it was a, I thought, no, I don't feel like that. And I guess it took me to this place of, don't say anything in class anymore. Because, <laughs> but I guess that I probably was saying, I think, it's odd in a certain way to protect myself, but she wrote in a sexual way and then hit it off with a pass. And I, I anyway, I just want to go on record saying <laughs> that's not what I said. And I guess I just felt really exposed in a way. I thought, well, maybe is that what I'm supposed to be learning? Uh, like now it's written down for all of prosperity to read. Thanks. <laughs> that I said this in October. <laughs> in my masterful living class <laughs> i don't know it just brought up that notion of being seen and vulnerability and being mis you know, misquoted or um i don't know I, I felt really disturbed and upset at first i don't know i, I don't quite feel that way tonight i've had a long day i just <laughs> feel like okay it's safe to go back in the water i guess because here i am talking but yeah it just felt like exposure. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Now we all know. <laughs> <laughs> what we say might be distorted in the transcripts. I'll sign off. So it's, it, it, it made me laugh so hard when you, when you uh, read it back. And um, I remember that conversation, but I, I didn't read the transcript. And... Um, and then uh, it made me, my first thought was, uh-oh, let me go back and see how meandering and wandering I sound. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing that. Like, I got enough voice for this going on. Well, it's one thing to re-listen to the audio recording. I've done that. But I haven't read the transcripts where they could completely, when it's yourself and you said it, that's at least what you said. But... They really changed that around quite a lot of the meaning, <laughs> quite a lot, yeah.
Well, I'll share briefly, I hope. Um, so re-listening is helping me. And Rieko really encouraged me to do that a couple times. So I finally said, okay, I will. Um, but uh, I noticed that, that it helps me a lot when people are quite specific. And then when I listen to my own sharing, it seems like I'm, I'm kind of too general so that it might not be as helpful. And I'm not sure if that's me being, <laughs> my ego being critical of me or if it's that I really could improve. But, um, but I'm not, you know, Carl, I'm not being quiet because everything's, nothing's happening or, or everything's smooth. Either one, I'm like, like you said, Carl, I'm finding um, everything is learning with this approach. Everything. It's so amazing. So I'm like, there's so much. It's, I, I couldn't tell it all. Every day, there's so much that's happening that's um, both ways. Sometimes me really feeling like I'm learning in a, relatively joyful way <laughs> um, and then sometimes I blow it and I'm really into the pain side of things and it's like oh man <laughs> and, and um but but um but when I'm excited about the learning and I know the outcome is my growth and that everything's really planned that way and I can see it that way more, even when it's uncomfortable or stuff that I judge as bad, but I'm kind of getting glimpses that, um, that good things are going on. It, uh, some days I just wake up so excited, like, wow, what am I going to learn today? <laughs> you know, and, and then, and then I might blow it and I'm like, Oh gosh, this is, <laughs> I, I hope I learn how to stop learning in, in these kind of ways where I, I miss the mark. You know, I do, I, I do something that's less than the loving and I, I just feel badly about it. And, um, and then it's an opportunity for me to forgive myself, which is good. So um, anyway, I'm finding every day's jam packed with all sorts of, all sorts of wonderful lessons. Mm. That's a good thing. Wow, Tracy, I mean, this is my fourth year of Masterful Living, and I see, I see so much of you guys that are shifting whatever it is much quicker than I did, you know, that, that um, it will it will get more peaceful, more joyful. It, it does happen. And because I remember, I wouldn't even speak about this, but it seems to keep getting coming to my head that the first year of Masterful Living, my first year, I didn't, I was so busy painting my house. I didn't even get on the call. We didn't have Zoom then. We had just the phone and, and I didn't call in. I just listened online, right? So we don't really interact with Jennifer or whatever community calls or anything. And I didn't do anything until October. Something happened. I think I shared maybe once before, but um, and then I shared in October. And I don't know what it was. I don't even know at all. But I remember it felt like, wow, that felt kind of good. <laughs> I felt kind of healing you know and um and i and then in november 
I think I shared again, and I don't think I've stopped since then, because again, I felt like, wow, that was, I really feel bitter. I feel a little healing there, and I just haven't stopped um, sharing <laughs> much, so I'm really, really exceedingly grateful to see the growth in all you guys, in all these calls, and this year and and the stuff that you're sharing that it took me much longer you know whatever i i may have maybe if i'd read my transcripts i would have seen that i was speaking it all along i have no idea <laughs> but so anyhow i was um uh, anyhow thank you thank you I was curious, um, because I know some people spoke up the violet flame when she was teaching it. Has anybody really had an opportunity to use it or um, in their lives? Do you want to share? Because I know for me, when she first taught it in my first year, I bought the book and I didn't use it. I didn't read it. It was like triggered me and I didn't feel like I was something enough. I don't know, it really triggered all my worthiness issues, but it took me about till this year to really to really pray. A lot more on it. Um, well, for for me, Carla, I I was introduced to her back in 2015. Looked through Jennifer, and I felt like um, it was listening to someone who spoke Greek when when Patricia talked and stuff. So, um, but. Um, this year, I could read the book and go through it, and I and sometimes I I I, I it reminds me of like the Course in Miracles when I first picked it up, and it's like, oh my gosh, why does it have to be so hard to understand? I mean, come on, um, this is my native tongue, and I can't understand this, or I can't tell who, who the pronouns referencing, and you know, getting all irritated. And um, what I noticed was, and I and I would hear Jennifer and other teachers uh of course in miracles saying how they love the book and i'm like you're kidding me i mean that is like reading the encyclopedia to me i'm like oh now we're in b i'm dying here and, and um but this just recently i've noticed i really like like i want to spend more time reading it i um i'm i'm kind of shocked so uh but Back to your question, the violet flame, I, what I've been doing is in my prayers, just as part of my prayer, when I offer it, um, off, off, do the offering part of what I'm offering up, 
Um, I imagine it being the holy altar, and then I call in St. Germain and the violet flame to transmute it all. And um, sometimes, uh, so that that's when I be, I'm adding that into my prayer, my just my regular prayer. And then um, when I when I notice I'm stuck and then um, with some negative thoughts that I'm sick of, I'll ask, I'll draw draw in the violet flame. I'll just say violet flame, violet flame. And I'll say, you know, through all the bodies, you know, and, and I'll try to remember as many of them as I can, you know, um, uh, and, and go like, you know, you know, the ones and, and um, basically uh, that that's all I'm doing, you know, so I'm not saying the, the long prayers, but I am happy that I'm remembering to sometimes call it in and, um, you know, be a, more at peace. And, and I just, I feel like, you know what, it's dissolving it away. And so, you know, the, the river's pretty polluted, so it, it might take huh? some more washes, you know, but um, so that's all I'm doing with it. Yeah, I just want to respond to Jeannie, the part you said about the reading of The Course in Miracles and how challenging it is. And I don't know if... Um, any of you are aware, but there's a new edition out. It's called the Complete and Annotated Edition. And um, it's put out by Circle of Atonement. Uh, and I, I, I personally know the main editor of that version. Um, and it's much, much easier to read because of the very careful footnoting. Um, and uh, a lot of material was left out of the first versions. There's a number of different versions, but if anybody's still struggling with reading A Course in Miracles, I would strongly encourage checking out that version. Um, again, put out by Circle of Atonement. Um, and, and there's material in there about um, Helen and Bill and the way that Jesus was guiding them like personal little stories that help you kind of get how Jesus guided them to use the principles in their lives. And that's super helpful too. So that's not about the violet flame, but obviously uh, related to what your comment was, Jeannie, because I know that's a very common experience. And um, so for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah, thank you, because I would have assumed that it was more complicated. <laughs> Yeah, the annotated one. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it because of the name, doesn't it? But it, again, yeah. you know, you could look at it and see what you think. But the, the, the footnoting is um, helpful. At some of those points, like you said, pronoun-wise, it'll clarify things like that, among other things. It gives like, like when it refers to parts of the Bible, it will really, at the footnote, it will have the Bible verse. Or there's other references that don't make sense because at least to me, because they're to other historical writings, and, and it will have that in the footnote. This is referring to this. So a whole bunch of stuff just is so much clearer. That was pretty obscure before, yeah. Thank you. There's nothing uh, in the sharing that I appreciate that mentioning that. 
somebody else going to speak? I might have broken there. So we have about eight minutes left. So if anybody feels prompted to share anything, I just said eight minutes. So it's. I was just going to say, sorry, I was just going to say that I've been meaning to order the book, Violet Flame, and I don't know if it's a resistance and that, and maybe it is, and now I think maybe I, I should just order it and read it. When I heard you, Carla, say that it took you a while to read it and, or to share and stuff, but I, yeah, by the sounds of it, the prayers in that sound very interesting. time so just want to give everybody some five minutes left and give everybody time to if they want to say any it sounded like you were sharing intention that you wanted to buy that book any intentions or uh, prayer requests uh, this is the time to share because we all would love to support you and everybody on this call. Um, I'd like to start with um, a uh, prayer request for being a joyful learner and the lightness and um, yeah, not having it so heavy, like I have to read that book, I have to understand, and there's, yeah, everything joyful.
Okay. Um, um, I'm still on my phone. I want to make sure you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I just want to make sure. So, you know, I, I was going to pray out. And so I'm going to just start with just a, um, improv, then read a little thing, a prayer from the seven, six, the, um, not so, the Viet Flame book that I really love. And maybe end after this, after it with uh, just an, like a little improv or final prayer. So it's called The Truth About Me. As I assimilate the love of my mother God, I begin to realize the truth about me. I came to this world with a very specific purpose. I came to fulfill a mission. I came to love life free and to realize the truth about me. I came to contribute to the salvation of this sweet earth. I am part of God and the fullness of my father, mother God abides in me. In the, in the mind of God, no one is useless or meaningless. Every single person is valuable and critically important to the balance of the universe. Without me, God would not be complete. Without me, the universe would lose its equilibrium. All. I am called to do, I do with happiness and enthusiasm for nothing is too insignificant. I am now embraced in my mother God's love and never again will there be a sense of futility in my life. I am overflowing with, the, uh, with gratitude for the opportunity to be on earth at this time. I'm so thankful to be right where I am right now, serving all who come my way with love, joy, understanding, and forgiveness. Realizing my true worth, I now go forth to fulfill my divine mission. With my inner vision, I see the loving and all-encompassing light of my I Am Presence freely flowing through me. With my physical sight, I see lavish abundance everywhere. I am peaceful, powerful, and filled with divine love, for I remember who I am. I'm a beloved child of God, 
and all that my mother, father, God has is mine. So grateful, so grateful for this reminder in this poem. So grateful to remember as I can to let go of all the blocks, realizing and feeling the truth of this poem. And we're so grateful for all the teachers, both known and unknown, to challenge us, to serve us, to bring joy in our heart, to to assist us on our path of awakening to our true self. And we're inviting all the company of heaven to surround us and support us with love and nurturing while we remember more fully every day the love that we are and show the love more fully for ourselves and everyone in our lives. We share this growth, this expansion, this love and joy and learning with everyone because we are one. We are one in truth. In grace and gratitude, we love to be. Amen. Thank you, everyone. That was beautiful. Was that first part from the Violet Plain you said? Yes. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it beautiful? Mm -hmm. Very. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Yes. Thank you for Thank you. sharing, everyone. Mm -hmm. Have a good week. Thank you, Carla. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.